I haven't seen you since the play. Yahoo! Yes, I saw ambulance. I saw ambulance yes, over the weekend. Uh, I was supposed to. I was supposed to. I was gonna originally double feature it. I was gonna have an earlier screening of Sonic Two and then watch <laughs> Ambulance as sort of like a chaser, as like a palate cleanser. Yeah, but yeah. Um, then my uh, podcast recording about Sonic Two got bumped, and I was like, "Well, I'm not getting up early to go see Sonic Two now." But yeah, I did sure. decide to go see Ambulance still. Anyway, I missed my boy Michael Bay so much. I had Dude. missed. <laughs> ambulance fucking rules so it rules so hard. much <laughs> it rule it's like it's point break meets speed like it's and i don't know inject some and meets four brothers you know just like inject yeah. like all of these yeah. all of these classic sort of like a taut um um thriller i mean it's not as good as point break or speed um but it is very good in its own right and it's extraordinarily michael bay and like every time there's a bananas drone shot where like the drone flies up a building and then down a building to like land on this guy and you're like yes yes michael this is why we needed you back (laughs) yes my king thank you. you so much thank you for this God, and it has, like, Michael Bay's traditional, like, mystifying, unidentifiable politics. You just, you can't you figure out if he really what likes he the cops believes. Or he thinks, fuck you, cops. Because, like... You really can't tell. He has, like, a couple cool cops in the movie, but he also has no problem just, like, killing a hundred cops over the course of the movie as, like, a fun action beat, just, like, cop cars just, like, exploding and flying yeah. off of bridges and cliffs. He has no issue with that. Fucking, like, what happens to Garrett Dillahunt is just like, oh, well. Uh, you know, it's just like... Yeah, fucking... It's just fucking... Oops. Oops. That's two movies um, in a row. That's two movies in a row where he died largely by being dumb and standing in a place standing in the wrong place what are what movie are you thinking of army of the dead oh shit yeah you're he's the piece of shit that walks outside and forgets the fucking tiger i'm (laughs) i forget there's a 45 minute scene where he gets mauled by that zombie tiger i'm glad you brought up mr Zack snyder because i was as i was watching oh i didn't but go on well, you brought up Army of the Dead. But, like, I'm glad you brought it up because when I was watching Ambulance, I was like, Michael Bay is Zack Snyder. If Zack Snyder, like, knew he didn't have anything to say. Do you know what I mean? It's Zack Snyder without the pretension of having a, th- a theme. <laughs> oh, but you fail to remember that Zack Snyder absolutely has the thing, at least in the superhero fiction of um really 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 wanting heroes to be gods mm-hmm. and not just gods but specifically Jesus god yeah and that like superman has to be god yes uh and superman is god and people think of superman as the savior uh and then he treats superman as deus ex machina which is probably the most appropriate use of that Sure, it's Being it's not like, conceptually it's not a bad take on Superman, but Michael Bay d- 
does not have any of those higher ideations. Do you know what I no. mean? Like he yeah. and that no. and he knows he doesn't. And he does not attempt Oh sorry, you were saying Michael Bay doesn't have yeah, okay. Yes, I that's what I'm saying. saying. No, Zach no, no. Snyder did. Zach, what I'm I was saying like, is hold on. What I'm saying but is Zach yeah, always right. tries to put that in there and yeah. it generally is is ineffective. It generally fails. Whereas Michael knows that he doesn't want to do that. The closest he ever got was Pearl Harbor. And I think he made Pearl Harbor, which is like one of his least Man. successful movies as a movie. It's been and a he, long time since I've seen that movie. But he shoots the shit out of the actual like Pearl Harbor bombing sequence. It's like completely thrill. I mean, it's it's tonally completely wrong because it's like a <laughs> kick-ass action scene made out of like a, a horrible, <laughs> a horrible thing that happened. Uh, but he's Michael. He can't help himself. But like that's the one movie where he tried to make like a movie, and it like did not work and he never went back he's like all right bad boys 2 <laughs> next <laughs> bad boys 2 one of the most nihilistic one of the like the if if you know if there are movies like like everything everywhere all at once that like reaffirm your idea of humanity and just like make you want to like reach out and express yourself and get as close to people as possible. Bad Boys 2 is the opposite of that. Bad Boys 2 is so scummy. Yeah. It's so you never want to talk to another person after you watch Bad Boys 2. You're like everything <laughs> is scum, everything sucks. This is the best movie of all time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Mm. Fucking I'm I I'm I found out recently that, like, for Ambulance, he hired a 19-year-old drone pilot. Yeah. And uh, I've never seen w one person's influence on something. So profound. So fucking <laughs> much. Like, they used so many drone shots. Uh, over underneath over. jumping cars, inside hotel lobbies. Yep. Sweeping but, across parking lots during action sequences, zipping through every corner of a bank, you know, just like yeah, everything, so much, and it like it kind of creates like an interesting little like uh, thing. It's a whole, I, it's, it's a whole part mood, of the movie. It? It's, it's a whole mood. They like, they oh. lean into it as like an aesthetic of the movie, um, yeah. from the very beginning, like where it's just like sweeping shots of like Los Angeles at sunset or whatever. Because um, lest lest we all forget. Uh, the L.A. in Ambulance is capitalized. Yes. <laughs> the yes. That did, in fact, make it into my review. Ambulance? It did, in fact, make it into my review. Um, yeah. I, like, you're like, okay, that's a cheeky marketing thing. And then you watch the movie and you're like, he highlights the L.A. in the middle of Ambulance. You're like, oh, okay, he he did that, too. That was his idea. That was his that thing. Was Oh this no! Is, this is he, Michael uh, Bay. Obvious about it. Damn. This is Michael Bay trying to make a movie about like this is this is Los Angeles. <laughs> yes. And if and if this if this is Michael Bay having lived in Los Angeles for however many decades now, you know when was the Got Milk commercial that he did pre Bad Boys? I don't I don't recall. But like the beginning of the nineties, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. When he's doing like Victoria's Secret commercials and music videos, and like, oh, this is what he thinks of Los Angeles. It's a depraved, <laughs> godless hive. Yeah. Hellscape. Yeah. yeah. Torn yeah. apart by, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal cork 
fucking coked out of his gourd. Just absolutely <laughs> fucking... I, I'm not saying Jake Gyllenhaal was imbibing of cocaine. No. But the only way his character makes any sense if, is if he is doing bumps every time we cut away from him. Yeah. <laughs> was his name Will? No, Will uh, was... Will was Yaya Abdul-Mateen, Dan, who's excellent. Dan Sharp. That's a goddamn movie star, Yaya Abdul-Mateen. Every time yeah. you see that guy, you're like, fuck, man, he's really good. He commands the screen. He's so powerful. <laughs> yeah, he's so powerful. He's so powerful. Yeah. It's uh, it's very, it's a very good movie. It's it's, it's the tastiest garbage. I told yes. people, like, they were like, how would you describe it? And the best way I could describe it, it was this summer's first blockbuster. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the first yep. summer blockbuster style action movie of the year, mm-hmm. and like, it rules, it rules. Yep. They it's... the the credits for that movie are so fucking short, Kevin. Yeah, because there's no special effects. Right. There's obviously some. There's very few. There's though. always some, Everything but like, no, he just he just blew up cars. That's the yeah. even. We even knew, in... When your poor conceit is essentially, what if we filmed a bottle episode in an ambulance? Right. Turns out you save a fuck ton of money on building sets. You just stick a guy holding a camera in an ambulance exactly. and have him walk around it for the first six weeks of filming. And then you spend the next eight weeks of filming just destroying cars for fun. Just dest- destroying cars on the highways of Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's the best car chase shit I've seen in a long time. Uh, Fast and Furious not included, of course. Um, but sure. like... Uh, you know, in other non like <laughs> car centric action movies, I have not seen car chases this good in forever. And like, as much as we make fun of like, oh, Michael Bay, I can't tell what's going on in the action. I think these are clear. I think it is concise. Yep. It is always perfectly understandable. Like the stakes the of every individual moment. Sometimes too much, yeah. but <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, and the times that it's the times that it's um confusing is on purpose. Yeah. Like, it's all, the only moments where I was like, the fuck is going on? Is when their literal job was to try and confuse them into driving the direction they wanted to. Uh-huh. And so, like, when that would clear up, you'd go, all right, we're right back to it. We'd give a feeder uh-huh. on the pavement. Let's go. I understand um, The two things that, that struck me, I guess three. Uh, first was that, like, this ambulance is souped up, obviously. Of two, course. Two, damn, they got gassed right before this happened. Uh-huh. And... <laughs> And three, I'm sorry, this is not super spoilers. Something very bad happens to the police officer while they're in the ambulance. And the solution is medically questionable. But but what's crazy is after that solution, you just don't think about them for the rest of the movie. (laughs) Yeah, it's, 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 the film is put together in such a way that like, when, you know, because there are whole like sections of the movie really where like, uh, uh, Camille or or Yaya Abdul Mateen, like they'll they'll fade into the background for a little bit, even though they're all in like one ambulance. And you like, you, uh, it feels like it's been like twenty minutes since we've touched in with the nurse in the back of the yeah. ambulance. But like, you're not really consciously aware of that because of the way the it's a very well constructed action movie. It's, it feels straight like. 90s action movie like this is the it's, best it's, action movie of 1998 <laughs> you yeah, know it feels great i love it it's it feels like, great goes down so smooth i would be shocked if we got a better like out and out action movie this year you know bullet train could be possible
Bullet trains. Yeah, Everything Everywhere has excellent action sequences, but is not really an action movie. Like, most of that movie sure. is not fighting. Like, you think it's sure. going to be like a kung fu movie, and it, re- it really isn't. Um, yeah. it's, it's, it's all movies. <laughs> it's every kind of movie. Um, yeah. all yeah. condensed into everything one. everywhere all at once. Yeah. And like, I know we got like, uh, we got some of them MCUs, but those movies are like, they have, they're not constructed action movies in the same way. There are sequences, right. but it's not, right. it's not as pure driven as, as ambulances. Um, so yeah, I guess bullet train, you know, fingers crossed avatar two, <laughs> I guess if that ever gets enough, I mean, no, it's, it's coming out this year. They say this year, December of this year, avatar two. All right. All right. I'm excited. I'm confused, yeah. but I'm excited. Rock on. Here we go. Every two years yeah. for the next eight years are getting more avatars. Um, yeah. and apparently they Just all have Michelle Yeoh in them. avatar bear me and tar tar me up tar and feather me and um and and apparently again all of them have michelle yo in it so michelle's having her big big moment now michelle yeah. michelle yeah. is finally taking off in in english language cinema obviously she's disney been disney forever. opened those doors dog. i guess so yeah Not so that she needed I, doors to be open for her but like the, she did shang chi and then it was like what if you were in all, all the cool projects that everybody wanted to yeah. watch and it's like yeah sure why not although all of those would have had to be filmed before shang chi came out so my guess is crazy rich asians i think crazy rich asians right. did it she yeah. came, that was the big one that was a that was a, i feel like and and simu lu was in that movie as well um yep. and the 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 harry shum jr who i'm starting to see again was in there and and fucking yep. uh the the uh actor who plays the daughter and everything everywhere was in crazy rich asians you know i feel like I guess Aquafina was in that too. I think I didn't yep. see the movie. Um, I'm 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 guessing here, but yeah, she was in there too, and that was a huge catapult. I feel like that. I mean, that movie was a big hit, but it's almost yeah. we're ju- we're now seeing like the real fallout from that. Obviously, there was a pandemic that has happened since then that has slowed yeah. things down a little bit. Luckily, I'm glad that they kept their uh, momentum despite you know yeah. events slowing everything down. But yeah, no, it's uh, it's uh, we're starting to see more and more like it, it seemed it did seem like in 2019, 2018, like there was this kind of like bubble burst of like, oh, shit, like movies that are uh, less frequently at the top of the you know list or the, the first thing out of people's mouths are now up there and they're diverse and they're unique and they're doing weird things. Mm-hmm. And then 2020 and 2021 happened and it was like, mm, did we lose that? Did yeah. COVID kill that? Mm-hmm. And then uh, 2022 so far has seemed to be like, no, it just took a while. Uh, you know, so some things lose momentum, but these things, because I guess there's so much money tied to them, don't. But mm-hmm. that doesn't make any sense either because development hell is a thing right. in Hollywood. But like some, these good things are coming out and that's good. Some, some stuff just like got in the way. You know, it just took a little bit. And it always takes yeah. a little while um, regardless but yeah, some some of this stuff just uh, just takes a little while. Uh, Ambulance, you know, had a had an I will say an okay opening weekend. It opened in fourth place, which is not excellent for. Uh, you know who did not have a you did not have a second weekend? 
Dr. Michael Morbius. Uh, <laughs> it's like a 75%. Uh, what people would describe a precipitous drop. A, as I predicted, there is audio evidence on this podcast. I said yes. the second weekend would not hold. I did not realize to this extent, but I am too powerful. I've become too powerful. Um, I mean, yes, 74% like, drop. Um, yeah. From 80 million to like 11 or something like that. Ba- like, it was it was like yeah essentially um yeah. dropped it still made more money last weekend than ambulance though but i'm hoping ambulance has that good word of mouth i'm hope i hope people catch on to it and go out and see it like the lost city has had which has really held yeah. on and like been like a sizable hit uh which is great because i would love more again, like adventure rom-coms and shit Year again, of Channing, yeah. Channing tatum it's it's but also like it's um what you were saying about ambulance being like our first like oh shit 90s action mm-hmm. we're here for the explosions and cars mm-hmm. action ass action movie like the lost city is an, an action ass rom-com like it, it's the the best mummy movie we've gotten in uh <laughs> in 25 years, in 20 years yeah, yeah like 100 100 um sorry uncharted you tried but you like, tried, but yeah, Uncharted's making tons of money on its own, right? So it's not it's not yeah. struggling. But it's not struggling. It's not. It was not the mummy. Uh, and the Lost City really feels like it's going after that mummy. Uh, Sonic, of course, fucking killing at the box office. No one is surprised. Huge, huge opening. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, but let me, you know, a little film called Everything Everywhere All at Once, which was in a very small amount of theaters previously and has expanded uh, wider but still like only in about a third as many theaters as everything else that's out right now. Like it's at 1200 theaters as opposed to 4,200, which is what Sonic is in, but it's per screen average is uh, unbelievable. It's phenomenal. It's like the, the per screen average of everything everywhere is at least twice the amount of everybody else. You know, like, every screenings are full for this movie. It's just, it's still not in that many theaters because A24 is fucking weird sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. I I don't understand those guys sometimes. I know we all, you know, we love them or whatever, but, like, and they're saving Mm. independent cinema or whatever, but, like, sometimes I just don't get it. (laughs) Yeah, it's a little weird. It's a little weird. It's like, hey, why don't you, um, why don't you shell out? Because, like, obviously this movie's got the beans. Yeah, I guess they're planning it. They're doing, honestly, a very old-fashioned rollout for this movie, which never happens anymore, which is, like, we start small, we expand, we let word of mouth carry, and hopefully, like, the money sustains and we can put it in more and more screens as it goes, which is a very, like, that used to be the norm. Um, Yeah, sure. Now it's, like, Sonic opens across 4,200 screens you know well also you've got the you've also got the competition of like when most other things within 45 or 65 days are throwing them on a streaming service mm-hmm. and so like do yeah. you do a long extended rollout do people care to have that much attention or are they going to just like bank on the fact that they'll be able to grab it you know mm-hmm. in a in a few days totally. on the on the the you know the streaming service that they want yeah, A twenty four always struck me as too small to like push for a wide release for anything. Mm-hmm. And it has um, had exceptions like uh, you know Hereditary and stuff like that. 
True. Um, did True. they do Get Out? They might have done. They might have uh, expanded have. on um, Get Out. I can't recall. It's been it's been. I'm trying to years. remember who. I'm trying to remember who who uh, was who, the like, who put up production the company for, for the Northman. Uh, that's I believe that's a twenty four. I'm I'm fairly certain that that's an like Eggers works in a twenty four. Yeah, oh, that was the focus. The, the Vivitch was a huge early hit for a twenty four. The Vivitch. The Vivitch. Um, this is focus features. Wow. Oh, Dog was actually a sizable hit too. Ch- year of Channing. It's Channing's year. Yeah. We're just living yeah. in it. Uh, sorry, I haven't been on Box Office Mojo in a little bit, so I'm seeing like some up. You know, like Batman is in the top five still, and that movie is obviously making money, hand over fist. But yeah. everything, everywhere, all at once is making more than twice per theater. You know, like what Batman is making. It's just in way. It's in two thousand yeah. less theaters. <laughs> Nice. Than Batman, um, so here's open. I hope everyone goes to see it. I've seen it twice. I'm trying, you know, I'm fucking, I'm, I'm trying to drum up people to go see this movie as much as possible. Every time I talk to people about it, they're like, "Oh yeah, that looks interesting. That looks weird. I want to see that." And I'm trying <laughs> yeah. to like actually encourage them to go do it, spreading the good word of everything yeah. everywhere all at once. And now also of ambulance, which rules. Go see ambulance. <laughs> And as soon as I'm allowed to publish my review, also the Northman, which like fucking ruled, can't and is also wait. one of the most historically accurate Viking fictions I've ever seen. Love that. It, I'm, it fuck, it's. Ugh. I'm so, so Northman hyped, dog. I'm gonna fucking get those like blue tattoos. You know, I'm fucking. I'm in on Northman. Here we go. Rock on. It's so good. Rock it's on, so baby. good. Tied um, me over till uh, God of War two. <laughs> you know, let me watch some. <laughs> let me watch some Viking shit. Um, but until I can play that game, whenever that game's coming out. And, uh, this is of course advanced media studies, a podcast where we aim to talk about every piece of pop culture ever created one week at a time. Uh, you are joining us now as we resume our mythic pod quest, as we, uh, sojourn through Apple TV Plus's mythic quest. I am one of your hosts, TV's Kevin Lanigan. And I uh, uh, eat crab puffs, even though they make me fat. <laughs> I am the daddy host, the host with the mostest kids. And um, you know what, Kev? I'm gonna take a. I'm gonna go uh, out to the desert. I think you got this. You're not gonna figure it out tonight, what? but oh my you know, God. I. You, no, I'll be. I'll be back. I'll be back in a in a month. In a month. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta hold down the for, for a month. Jace is in rehearsal. You're going to the desert. Oh boy. All right. Uh, well, rock and roll all night and uh, part all night of every day. And uh, let's 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 talk about that. Var mythic quest. Uh, uh, Rob McElhaney facial hair update. Seen some pictures of him lately. He still doesn't have eye in facial hair. So. No. We appear to still not be filming Mythic Quest season three or four. Although, like, we we and I we haven't talked about it yet, but like, who knows what he's gonna look like if in season three? That's true. That's I, a true. Lot, a lot's changed. It has to. Mm-hmm. But who I knows? like yeah, I know. his how Ian is visually distinct from Mac. In many ways, right? Mm-hmm. I like that, you yeah. know, if you're an actor who is so, who's basically only known for that one part, it's good to visually make yourself distinct. Um, yeah. Just so it helps the audience kind of rewrite you 
in their mind a little bit. Just that yeah, little yeah. extra level of separation. Um, yeah. Let's just do the damn thing. Let's just talk about season two. We're in season two. Episode season one. Two. Titan's Rift. Directed by Pete Chapman. Written by Megan Gans and David Hordensby. And... Rob McElhaney. Uh, in this episode, uh, we we join Ian and Poppy as co-heads of uh, Mythic Quest as they try to develop a new expansion. And as Caleb Rift, Ian uh, fucks off to the desert for a little bit, uh, <laughs> leaving everyone else uh, but Poppy and uh, David uh, most uh, prominently kind of spinning their kind of kind of kind of spiraling. They they really yeah. can't figure out what to do in his absence. Uh, also Dana and Rachel, uh, finally sort of consummate on their will they, won't they at the beginning of season two. Uh, good call. I think kind of pushing this forward so we don't keep spinning out in the, in the little zone. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. And Joe works for Brad now, uh, which makes perfect sense. That's a, that's the perfect escalation yes, of that, is the of absolute, that character. She, like a predator has moved on to. Their dynamic is very like Sith Lord and Apprentice. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It, it's incredible. I think there's even a moment where Brad's like, "You all have to eventually defeat me," and you're like, "Yeah, <laughs> that yeah, that checks out." Um, I, Joe's great, just chaotic energy, and every time she walks past David, and there's that like whole uh, uncomfortable emotional exchange between them. I love it's mm-hmm. the best. It's good. Joe remains my personal favorite. Joe remains my MVP of the show because um, she could just kill me more than everyone else. And obviously, yeah. very funny cast. But I just I love I love Joe, um, and I hope we only continue to see big things from her in the future. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is an interesting episode. And obviously, oh, there's all the sex. Is this the sex dream one or is that the next one? That's, That's the, the next one. It's the next one. No. No, this one. This is the first one. Is the first one? Sorry, I think yes, because the next one is like two. I watched these like two weeks ago, forgetting we were supposed to watch. Whoops. Um, the the thing thing, actually, yeah, and my brain, yeah. Anyway, anyway, yeah, that's this one. Yeah, that's this one because the next one is like the women in gaming. Um, yeah, and that's yeah, and that's yeah. not in this one. Um, the the it's it's an interesting interpretation of the dynamic here. Is that like again, as we discussed before, it'd be very easy for this show to be like, Ian is bad and everyone else is great, you know. But like it, this this codependency that they've kind of developed yeah. that like everyone, you know, they all hate Ian, but they all also are like rely on him really rely on him exactly like they they really do uh uh he leaves and they're like well what do we do and for a moment you're like oh he's gone they'll be able to work and it's like oh no actually not no they actually fucking spiral when he's not there like they really (laughs) yeah you know and maybe that's because ian has sort of built himself as the central pillar but regardless they really just like spin out of control while he's not there and and accomplish little to to nothing um yeah is this the one with the with the art team with the guy from yes. drunk history yeah um i love yeah. that bit uh every fucking it's great it it really obviously every visual artist has lived through that but really if you're any kind of technical or support staff on on large projects this rings very true you know this this yeah. rings very true yeah. as a guy who's like having to 
uh, operate cameras for people's visions and, like, try to understand is, like, okay, you understand what this entails, right? Like, we might not be able to, like, do with your perfect uh, vision and things like that. You understand how much yeah, work we might this not is going be able to be to for do me. that thing. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's and also, it's, I also, also love that, like, <laughs> he's vague as shit mm-hmm. uh, and, like, gets art and it's just, like, perfect. But the team fully knows that he's going to change it later. And then yes. Poppy tries to do the same thing. And this shit, they're just like, what? <laughs> yeah. And it's, like, so uh, easy for it to be Ian's process of, like, well, we I have to see a fully built thing and then we can change it. It's, like, it's so much more difficult yeah. to change it at later stages. And, like, I don't know, as someone that's written you know, freelance ad copy as someone that has done, you know, various different like creative projects working for other people. It's, that's the most frustrating thing in the entire world is yeah. like someone, I'm like, we should address these issues now, please. Like I can't, now, I can't wait. Can we not it's wait until so I've done this for 12 hours before yeah. you go? All right, now let's see if we can fix it. It's so much harder to change it later. It really is. <laughs> it's, it's your, your, you're ridiculous um and and you know and when you you know when you do commissions and things like that there are a certain number of edits that are allowed you know like it's a certain number of like oh change this change this but every every person who uh, artists out there if you're not setting up how many edits you'll allow before you start making the project (laughs) you should start doing that um yeah Please do that, that because otherwise that you'll be down. edited. It's like, okay, you get one large edit and two small edits, you know, or like whatever it Have is. Have a limit. Have a limit. Yes. And when they approach it, do not bend. And get them to be as specific as possible at the beginning. And I understand firsthand how impossible that can be sometimes how, as people uh, insurmountable these vagaries you know <laughs> but um it really is it really is important and i'm glad uh, this this is very relatable this is relatable comedy <laughs> yes this is i mean if you're anyway creative and have any have done anything ever with a team you'll get this pretty immediately <laughs> you'll be sure. like oh yeah no i remember this one time because it was awful mm-hmm. and uh, i'm sure if you've like worked construction building a house that you've dealt with stuff like this before, you know, like it is, yeah, it can yeah. extend to all kinds of different, um, things. If you're a chef, yeah. I'm sure you've dealt with things like yeah. this before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. who didn't, who didn't say they didn't want pickles <laughs> or what have you. It's, uh, ridiculous. I like how much we are, this episode is using our full supporting cast, right? Like, like David yeah, goes to meet with Sue. Else um just for like let's touch him with sue like just as like a confidant here is sue she's hanging out and god i can never is it donna i can never remember the name of hr carol carol thank you carol Um, carol carol she's great i mean she continues to it's kind of like the one joke over and over again but it's a good joke and she delivers it well how frustrating she is with like everyone who's misrepresenting her office and coming to her at odd hours and when she does have these exact same types of services offered no one goes to them during the structured time and has to be on their own time yeah 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 Honestly, a lot of relatable shit in this episode. So much. So <laughs> For much. how frustrating your job can be. <laughs> I, I love the rolling realization that everybody in the office has had the, the sex with Ian, Ian dream. Yeah. And that, like, Poppy's freaking out about it, and then 
Is it David first? Who's like, oh, did you have the you have the sex with Andrew? She's like, <laughs> what? No. <laughs> uh, and then like it keeps going through different people who are like, oh yeah, it, it really just depends on like what it seems like the goal is. And yeah. she, she keeps like realizing like, oh no, what? It, how do I stop this? And then uh, of course the finale, the end. <laughs> Ian has a dream where he has sex with himself, uh, which is a very good joke. Uh, and he's, he's totally chill with it. He loves that. No, he's good. Yeah, I think it's great. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah. great. Good job, me. Good job, me. <laughs> I am good at having sex with myself. Excellent work <sighs> by the whole team. It's the best. No, it's good. It's well-structured. There's there's good jokes. This is sort of like, you know, there are these really high sort of like dramatic highs awaiting us later in season two. Like there's really well-structured and well-built like story yeah. stuff that's going to come to a head. These yeah, first two really are kind of like we're playing around, you know. We're we're just kind of getting everybody back together and like let's do a regular episode of Mythic Quest because <laughs> the last ones we did were a crazy Zoom episode and a wild genre episode. Let's do a normal couple episodes before we get wild again. Yeah, one hundred percent. Is this one the 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 goat? No, that's the second one. Grouchy that's goat the is the next one. That's the name of the second. one. Good job, yeah. Caleb. <laughs> Good job. Yeah, nailed it. It's the app they're building, uh, which is, of course, Season 2, Episode 2, Grouchy Goat. Again, directed by Pete Chapman. Again, written by Megan Gans and David Hornsby and Rob McElhaney. In this episode, Brad assigns Rachel and Dana the task of building a mobile app uh, that they start developing as Grouchy Goat. Uh, and uh, come to uh, blows of, uh, of creative differences um, as, as the different approaches they could make to the game. And it seems to stir something in, in Dana as far yeah. as game development is concerned. Yeah. Yeah. At the, at the same time, uh, I, oh, I'm sorry, the design team is this episode, as uh, according to the Wikipedia plot description, oh, well... Uh, Ian oh, well. uh, has Poppy speak at a women in gaming conference, um, and it's all it's all it all comes to a hit. Yeah. So so how do we want to the Rachel and Dana thing is yeah. interesting. That's that's certainly the biggest meat of this episode. Yeah, I, I um, it feels a little cheap initially. So okay, I, I like the I like the illustration of the like coders moving into um sorry uh qa testers moving into coders moving into game designers um process it, because it, they are game a, developers mm-hmm. but like a lot of people that start in qa end up moving upwards um that's it's a that's definitely a path that people suggest you go down and so that's it's cool. a good idea as far as making a television show is concerned it's like we kind of have these two characters that in the first season are extraneous outliers in a lot of cases. Like, they're kind of yeah. off in their own little world. They're not enmeshed with the main show. This season obviously made it a goal of we are going to integrate these two into the every episode happenings. You know, yeah. they are going to be... They're going to get out of the tester booth and and uh, uh, intermingle with the rest of the cast more, yeah. which I think is good. Get them more involved. Let them have more speaking parts. Let them... yeah. It's one of the one of those times where like you build a show in a workplace and then realize workplaces allow for like uh, cast interchangeability that like friendships don't right like friends doesn't really have any like power dynamics that it can change 
Not in the same um, but, way, right. But The Office, Parks and Rec, this, like, I'll give you that, like, specific, like, oh, they have different titles, and those change over time. Mm-hmm. And so I like that part. I like that part a lot. I What I dislike is, like, it seems like there's always a, this is a personal beef, which may have clouded my judgment, whatever. There's, mm-hmm. it always seems like when you're watching something where a relationship is taking place on a TV show specifically, uh, movies do it too, but TV shows are the worst, where, like, an issue comes up, uh-huh. like a thing that, like, causes friction and m- myself on the outside watching is always like why come on oh like, it's why? the worst when you're watching you know a, a super formulaic movie and like oh it's time for the conflict because we are 60 we minutes have to have into a, a 90 minute movie it's time yeah, for yeah. uh the worst trope in the world the liar revealed you know, where it's like, it's oh, the, the person who's been lying the whole movie and the other person feels offended that they've been lied to. Seen it. Done it. It is not compelling. It is so boring. Stop doing it. <laughs> stop. Yeah, dude. Stop. Make it stop. <laughs> I don't yeah, want to see this. Please and don't. And so, like, when when Dana gets the opportunity and she's going to do it and you see Rachel kind of like, oh, I'm like, why are you upset? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fuck off. Why do you... Why are you mad? Why why are you worried about that's weird? Um, but you know, I think that like over the rest of the season, the show does a very good job of like quickly moving away from that, mm-hmm. which is fine. Just in this first episode, that immediate like, is this gonna cause conflict? It feels a little unearned to me. I'm like, eh, no. Why? And and um, the relationship is one episode old. You know, like it right. it happens. It immediately introduces something. Yeah. I'm not even used to this relationship. And you're already like throwing a wrench in the works, some shit. you know. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, uh, yeah, it, yeah, and like this is again where it's like, hey, longer seasons would really, like, you you have to introduce the relationship in episode one and then try to wreck it in episode two because you have nine episodes. <laughs> like you, yeah. you just need to you either plot points you desire to hit and you just have to like boogie through them in, yeah. a, in an inorganic way. I feel, in my opinion, yeah. Yeah, but like I said, it, it does do away with it pretty quickly after that. I think also in a way that feels pretty self-aware. Like mm-hmm. when they do end up like moving past it, it is kind of like the show's like people aren't like that, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which is also funny. Uh, yeah, but uh, oh no, I was going to go somewhere else with that. Yeah, I, um, I forgot what I was going to say. Like to go in more depth, <laughs> but I do, I do like this. This plot, I think that, like, showing this happening in the studio is cool. I think that the way it develops both of the characters that are primarily involved with it is cool. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't really, does it really, it doesn't really, beca- it's also outside of the episode. It doesn't really become anything. No, this is not a lingering so, darkness that will eventually consume the relationship, right? Like, it's no. not these creative differences, these differences of personality um are not going to end up consuming these two characters right it really is kind of a thing we draw it it helps get dana's plot line for the season and i you know and her plot line going forward started where it's like oh she's actually interested in game development in coding and that is something that she wants to do can we talk about rachel you and me yeah, let's do it. <laughs> oh no. It's not it's not that I don't enjoy this character and I don't by any means think 
uh, Ashley Birch is is bad. Tiny Tina herself. I, I don't think she's she's bad on the show. She's funny, and sure. and and her, but she is of the characters of Mythic Quest the one I think they like still haven't figured out as a character to tell stories about. Sure. They settle on her bit this season, which is she's annoying and everyone is annoyed by her, which is a choice. Um, it's a weird choice after introducing the new QA guy who's a piece of shit. Right. Who is annoyed by her to then yeah. make her actually annoying, thereby mm -hmm. validating his shittiness. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's, come on. It, you know, speaking of Megan Gans, Community's Megan Gans, it feels like a half-baked version of what kind of happens with Britta, you're the worst, right? Sure. It feels sure. like exactly the same idea. It is this socially conscious character, but nobody wants to hear it, so they dismiss her and they call her annoying, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. They don't let this character have as high comedic moments as they give Britta on the television show Community. So it almost feels like those times when you're watching like a show for Republican dads and they have like the, the liberal character who's like obviously the, just there to be demeaned yeah, and laughed yeah. at. Not that the inverse doesn't happen because it happens all the time is like, let's bring in a Republican character and laugh at all his opinions, right? I'm not saying it doesn't happen in the sure. inverse. But that was, this is literally like, that show The Great Indoors with Joel McHale and Stephen Fry working at like an outdoorsman magazine and it's like they have to deal with their six liberal interns who don't go outside who are always on their smartphones what i'm, I'm so glad right you were spared of this show caleb because it's just uh i i'm i never use this internet terminology but it's it's pretty cringe uh <laughs> <laughs> that uh, I'm sorry, yeah. your television show is cringe. The Great Indoors, um, a very short-lived. In a world where like Last Man Standing with Tim Allen can get like six seasons, seven seasons, this show yeah. was like eight episodes. It just did not have an engine that did not. It did not say oh, go. Homie, it was twenty-two episodes. Actually. Okay, so one season, I guess it got one. One season. full season. But like, oh, they they stunt cast Stephen Fry. I see. They stunt cast, he's, of course. He's only in half of the episodes. Oh, <laughs> okay, okay. I feel you. I feel you. Great indoors. But like, okay, if you're making a show to appeal to a public and dads, I don't think Republican dads like Joel McHale and Stephen Fry. Like no, those who are, are weird, wicked, not re Republican people. Those largely. are weird people to cast on that show. Yeah, you very. have options for old men. <laughs> You could cast on this show. That's so <laughs> strange. It's very strange. Joel it's McHale. Strange. Republican dads don't like Joel McHale. Republican da dads don't watch The Soup. What are you talking about? What do you mean, Joel McHale? <laughs> what, you, what was your thought process here? What I'm curious. The, yeah. How much yeah. bargaining did Joel McHale's agent do so that everyone could get that check? I don't... It's just... It's very strange. <laughs> yeah, it's strange. I uh, I don't know I don't know how I didn't know this show existed. Because why would you? 
Because why would you? Um, <laughs> I mean, truly. Come out? Uh, not long after Community, my dog. Not long after yeah. Community left 2016, the 2016, 17. That was the next I was year. An ad- I was an adult man. Mm-hmm. An adult man. You with were Vincent like, adult. Uh, with subscriptions. Um... And I never once I, heard of this. I don't know. I it was, will hunt it was it on and watch it now. What? No. What? Caleb, <laughs> Caleb, you have so... Think of all the great things you've never seen. <laughs> you're right. And you're going to watch The Great Indoors? From, uh, the CBS It does say sitcom? great in the title. No, that, that doesn't mean shit. Oh, okay. All right. That doesn't mean shit. Where is this even streaming? Is this on, like, Paramount Plus? Like, where would you... Dumb. Where would you even watch? Where do you the watch great... CBS stuff? Peacock. Uh, CBS is generally Paramount Plus, which is why I'm there right now. There you go. Um, so we're gonna find out if you can watch The Great Indoors on Paramount Plus when you're out of Halo. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. Not on there. I think it's been scrubbed. I think you just like literally could not watch this show <laughs> if you <laughs> fucking deleted. wanted to. They just CBS dumped their just cleaned out their hard drive reformatted the hard drive oh you can watch wrath of man on paramount plus which i would recommend yes, you can. i saw that it. recently and was like oh shit that's a <laughs> time to watch this movie again that's a good ass movie that's a very good, good movie. movie i really enjoyed that i was like wow that was good <laughs> you guys see this <laughs> uh an answer from everyone is no i haven't seen that yeah, why would you? Again, yeah. we're just referencing things that, like, why would you actually that, watch like, this? Why would you? Wrath of Man looked like a bargain bin. It looked like a Redbox movie. It looked like a transporter crank. Yeah. Dumb action movie. That, like, a, you a could Jason watch on Statham TV. movie, yeah. Yeah, it looked like a Jason Statham movie. Uh-huh. Uh, the only reason I watched it is because in watching one of the trailers, I saw it said it was a Guy Ritchie film, and I was like, Hello. Hold the, hold the phone. Hello. What? What's hold this? Phone? Yeah. I'm gonna watch it now. Paramount Plus. And I liked I it. Don't understand why I still have this service, but like, it, there's just enough stuff I want to watch on there that, like, every time I think about canceling it, I'm like, oh, this this movie I want to watch is on Paramount Plus. Yep. I think there. Yep. Are, this service exists because it has all of Star Trek. I think is why this service is around. <laughs> it has Annihilation <laughs> with Natalie Portman and Oscar Isaac. Oh my God! Great movie. Great movie. Alex Garland, let's go. Let's go. That movie's so scary. Annihilation is so scary. Unbelievably scary. That's one of the best sci fi movies I've ever watched. That scene with the bear that screams. The bear bear that screams like a woman is. Yeah. I've never forgotten. Or when they're like. One of the most alarming things I've ever encountered. When you're watching like camcorder footage of like oscar isaac's guys and that one guy's like intestines are moving around moving? Him, like snakes yes, fucked up yes. that was <laughs> fucked up of them to do i want to watch that movie right now i have to yeah. watch both of his movies before men that's men. right he's making an a24 movie god our conversations are giant men so they're giant navel gazy circles yeah. and it's fine he because um, because a24 released his first movie ex machina but what was A twenty four? You want to know something that's gonna break your heart? What? I haven't seen I haven't seen Ex Machina. Oh, it's really good. You'll like it. Whenever I'm gonna watch get The Great it. Indoors instead, though. Guys, <laughs> damn it! No, <laughs> I just it will take so much less time. It's so much better. You could watch Ex Machina instead of watching four episodes of The Great Indoors. You could watch all of Ex Machina. Where is it streaming? I'll rent it for you. <laughs> it's probably on Paramount. It's A twenty four, right? 
No, A24 is not affiliated with Paramount. Oh, it's on, like, show, it's on like, Showtime and shit. Um, I'll, just, but, I'll just rent it from Amazon for $4. Yeah you, yeah, you can rent it for 3 bucks. You know, like, it's pretty... You're, you're solid. Yeah, I guess if you want the high def, you gotta spend $4. dollars three ninety nine. Um, Worth every penny. Fucking Ex Machina. Great, great movie. Annihilation. Maybe even better. Um, we're excited for men. That... That trailer got a big laugh at my screening because when really? the fucking title, only because the title comes up, you're like, this is a creepy movie. What's going on here? And then it just says, men, <laughs> men. Valid. No, that's valid. <laughs> it says it like, like, and then I leaned over to my friend when it got the laugh and I was like, men. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. It's so, Ugh. it's funny. Yeah. It's funny that the movie is just called men. I'm yeah. sure it's going to be good. Uh, Alex Garland makes good movies and bad TV shows. And, like, it was, you know, it's going to be a good movie. But, like, (laughs) that's silly. That's (laughs) silly. Yeah. I remember seeing it and thinking, is this, like, a dark comedy? No. No, I don't, in fact, think it is. It's spooky scary. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, anyway, I'm, uh, you know, Rachel, it just. And I don't know what the solution is. But she has always kind of been this this squeaky wheel. It, it they they have yeah. not figured out her. I mean, if they settle into she is an annoying uh, person who cares about social causes, I guess you can do that. I guess that could be the end. I hope you come up with another thing, though. Um, they. Later this season, they put her in the CW plot, which is a a a, a, a good decision, a decent decision. Yeah. That character well, needs something. I had to do like two or three backflips before I realized you didn't mean the sh- the network the that network, released the television Green network. Arrow. Yes, of course. Yeah, the, it's the... In CW plot, and I was like, what? What? Oh. She was on Riverdale. <laughs> no, the 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 that she she ends up in CW's storyline for the season. And CW, who is, like, usually just kind of an extraneous joke character. He's really just, like, a guy you give some running bits to. They find a great engine for him later this season. Yeah, it's incredible. It's Um, incredible. It's absolutely fucking, like, astounding what they give to him. His Doc and and Beans episode they give him is phenomenal. And then the the follow-up is, like, a fucking... It's a gut punch. It's ridiculous. Rest in peace, Will Hurt. Yeah, the big hurt. It's it's just it. I can't wait to talk about it. those. Are so yeah. good, and we're gonna cover them in the same episode, and we're gonna be so sad. Um, it's gonna be, it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna, gonna bum us out so hard. It's gonna be great. Bum us the fuck um, out. Yeah, but it just I you know I I again kind of circling back to what we were talking about at the end of season one. I feel like if they had more time. They could maybe try more stuff with Rachel and find something that sticks like they did with Britta on television's community. Yeah. But they don't have time. There's so many characters that need to be serviced. And it's like, it's easy to make an iron plot, Poppy, Brad. It's so easy to generate something for them. And then you have, you just insert Joe and she'll just make everyone laugh. She'll like come in, she'll cut, she'll kill. Uh, it's easy, it's easy yeah. to make a David plot. They have struggled with Rachel, in my personal opinion. I like that they, like I've said, before, I've already said, I like that they're giving Dana a plot. Love but that. Like, I think that giving, I, 
Mm, I almost think that giving Dana a plot that's separate of Rachel was maybe a little bit of a mistake. Like, why don't we just let Rachel stop being a QA person uh-huh. and move into the same kind of thing that Dana's moving into? And then, like, the conflict can still exist, but you can have one person not sure they want to be doing what they're doing and the other uh-huh. person really excited about it, as opposed to trying to move one out and, like, leaving the other one in a separate department. I don't know. Like, I don't know what I would do for Rachel to give her a specific... Yeah. They struggled in season right. one to keep the testers integrated and feel like a real part of the show. And yeah. now they thought of, like, four different things for Dana to do. She was a streamer. And now, you know, she then there's the relationship plot. And now she's she's going to be in, in game development. You know, spoilers. Um, like, that, that all is going to go down. And all Rachel has done on this show is either pine for Dana or be annoying about social causes to people who don't want to hear it. Like they just have not, I, it's not really our job to like pitch ideas for this show, but I, I would borrow from Ashley Birch's real life. And like, what if Rachel becomes a voice actor for mythic quest? Cause we have not gotten into that aspect of the game at all. Yeah. Um, it would rule. There's something. That's you know just what like you could do? an you know idea. What you could do to even like make it copacetic is you could let I am caster as like an annoying character because he thinks she's annoying. But then and she then becomes like a big out hit. She fucking dominates. <laughs> yeah, she becomes the new like Roscoe, like the Dark Quiet Death, you know, little fuzzy guy character, right? Like sure, she becomes. Sure. Yeah. She yeah. becomes like a new hit, a new minion. <laughs> she becomes minions. <laughs> she becomes um, minions. They should get the minions on this show, and it um. <laughs> like that's just an idea that's just off the top of my head that's what i would do um because you just i'm not gonna it's not like a problem i'm not like oh rachel i hate rachel but no just, i love rachel that's the problem you're leaving the fucking, problem is i love rachel and it's like leaving uh... money on the table <laughs> you know uh to yeah. borrow from griffin mcelroy right like you're leaving money on the table it's it's it you know it's just kind of a standstill and they'll have to figure it out but these season lengths are tough I don't think they would be so tough if they would just make hour-long episodes. I don't know if I want. I like that this show has. I don't know if I want an hour-long episode. Has tight thirties. I would rather if if we're flirting with hour-long because like because Ted Lasso made that change right in like the middle of a season. They're like we make forty-five minute episodes now. That's what we do. Like they, it's I've never seen anything like it before. It's it Ted Lasso season one and the first half of season two are completely down the middle 30 minute comedy episodes and then halfway through season two they're like we're an hour-long dramedy actually uh yeah, deal with it changed um and which i think i you know if that's a benefit of streaming if you find that skid you can steer into it they're like we are naturally moving in this direction it is now time for us to increase the episode length i like that yeah, if sure. that is the organic direction your show is going I would rather, if we're thinking about that with Mythic Quest, I would rather they just do twice as many episodes instead of increasing them to an hour. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Instead of yeah, definitely ten. Instead of can you imagine nine if we had twenty two episodes of Mythic Quest in season three? I think it would be good for the show. I think it would allow them to, because something that keeps happening with Mythic Quest um, is they find you know they they have these really exemplary 
moments that usually happen in the middle of the season, right? It's like last season, it was Dark Quiet Death into the Masked Man sort of face-off storyline. Is like, that is the high point of that season. Season two, we're, you know, there's the bottle episode that's going to happen. And then we go into the CW two-parter. And that's, again, just like they find the creative high point in the middle of the season. And then that has to stop because the season's about to end and we need to, like, tie up our loose ends. Right? Right. They, they keep getting into this thing where it takes them a few episodes to get their momentum going. A few episodes to get everything stocked up. They do something really cool and then it just has to be over because they don't have time. If they had 22 episodes, 20 episodes, 18 episodes, you know, like whatever. It, 15, like, fuck it. Like 13, like, you know, like, like <laughs> right. even, like, even the, the shortest season of community has 13 episodes, you know, like, and that extra amount of time, those four extra episodes let you play and do stuff and try <laughs> stuff with different characters that like, think about how much runway community got done with frankie and elroy in season six those characters are introduced that season they do a bunch of cool shit with them and they feel like complete and rachel still doesn't feel complete yeah yeah Yeah, it's annoying um which is i think doubly annoying when you think about the fact that like i think we have a better idea of sue yeah yeah. Sue is a more developed character. And, uh, Rachel. Yeah. Um, I feel because, like we have a like, better idea of Carol. We get a couple. We get a couple episodes in uh, season one where she's interacted with, but then that the big, um, mm-hmm. the big hacker duel they do. Like mm-hmm. David is hanging out with Sue like the whole time. Yeah. So you get all of that dialogue, all of that interaction between them, and you figure out pretty well by the end of the first season who she is. And like we still like we're beating a dead horse at this point, but we still only know like two things about Rachel, and it's she's got the hots for Dana, and that people think she's annoying. Yeah, and that's and, that's, and maybe it's... a third one, which is CW has mistaken her for a boy like four or five times. And that's more of a CW thing than it is like a Rachel thing. Like yep. that's that's just a subset of the annoying thing, you know? It, yeah. Um, and I don't I don't think the character is annoying, but the show identifies her as right. annoying a hundred right. times in this season. It's right. you're right. Like Sue and Carol are so much better established at yep. this point. And their, their roles are small compared to Rachel's role, but they feel integrated into the cast in a way that Rachel still doesn't really. Yeah, very much. Um, and, and it's, uh, you know, I'm not calling it like a problem, but it is something that like, it feels like a missed opportunity. There's got to be something there. You know, voice acting was my pitch, but you could go in any number of different directions with this that expand on this character. Use Ashley Birch. Ashley Birch was like one of the first YouTube video game celebrities. Do you yeah. know what I like? Yeah. Hey, like, Ash, what on. you playing was huge. Hey, huge. Ash, what you playing is in Saints Row 4. They are playable. <laughs> they are characters yeah. you can summon. Is the cast of Hey Ash what you playing in Saints yep. Row Four? They were huge, and Rachel, and I understand. You know, maybe if Ashley Birch wants to move away from that 
energy that defined her as a performer. Like, I don't know anything about that. I'm not, I'm not, you know, basing that on anything. I understand yeah. if you want to, like, expand yourself. But they're not using any of that. It's like when Adam Sandler does a dramatic role. It's like you still need to use what is fundamentally interesting about Adam Sandler as a performer. Right. In your or dramatic you, or you role. Lose a, or you lose a little bit. That's what uh, Funny People does really well. It's what Punch Drunk Love and Uncut Gems, they all do that really well. They still capture what is appealing about Adam Sandler, even if he's not doing the standard Adam Sandler comedic persona sure, thing. Sure. This is like half of Jim Carrey's dramatic roles, like the number 23, where it's like, you're not using anything that's interesting about Jim Carrey. Like nothing that is appealing about Jim Carrey is in the number 23. Um, <laughs> Except for the fact that, that Jim Carrey's in it. Right, of course. But like, Which he's I not bet doing... people went to go see because they like Jim Carrey. Right. And then walked but then they out were like, and felt what? like they didn't get to see Jim Carrey. Exactly. That was kind of like the end, I feel, of Jim Carrey's like reign. You know, like Yes Man is the last like traditional Jim Carrey movie I think we got. Um, I guess there's still time. But, you know, I'm not looking forward to an Ace Ventura reboot if such a thing, like, should choose to exist. No, I seriously doubt that he would do it. He's, like, largely become the guy that's like, I was that guy once. And, yeah. like, I'm fine not doing that now. Which, like, cool, dude. Yeah, he just, like, fine. paints, you know? He made so much money and he just, like, Yeah, he's, like, he's like 60. Do what, would... adults, do what adults could want to do and retire. No, and retire. I don't blame you at all for or, that. Or, like, you know, or wait for the right call. Do you know what I mean? Wait sure, for the right sure. director to be like, I have a great idea of how to use you. You know, the, J Jim Carrey would be smart to do something like that. But they're yeah. not doing Truman Show Jim Carrey with Rachel here. They're not doing uh, Eternal Sunshine Jim Carrey, which are, yes, departures for him, but still have a lot of the fundamental good things about yeah. Jim Carrey that we loved. Um, they're not doing that with, with Ashley Birch. Um, and I just, I think they know, right? I don't think the creators of Mythic Quest are unaware that this is in it. You see them actively trying to solve this, this season with Dana. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, we really, and, and, you know, you, you feel they definitely had a meeting between seasons. It was like, we need to get the testers out of that room and into the rest of the cast. Um, yeah. And, and I just, I think they know, and I just, I'm excited for what these good writers are capable of achieving, and I would like to see them go for it. That's all. Yeah, 100%. I think that it's possible, and I also am not uh, outside of believing the fact that they may still have been building her character uh, for something coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, Could be. Given the freedom of knowing you have two more seasons, I don't know what the episode order was, but I know it was two more seasons. It's probably about and the same. That, I'm guessing. Being that, yeah, I don't know the episode order. It's probably two identically long seasons, but still, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't see much reason to introduce more than one or two new characters over those two seasons, because the the, the amount that we have built up now, we got our we got our origin story right, and like, let's see mm -hmm. what we can do from here. I, I'm really conflicted about this character, and I'm glad that you brought it up because I don't think I would have. I think I just kind of, I think I just kind of tuck it in the back pocket, like, eh, that's frustrating, but kind of move, try to move past it, because like, it's not that what she's saying is annoying, right? No. 
And it's that people think that she's annoying. And like people think that she's annoying enough that you start to get annoyed when they that's the only thing that she says. But that's also just a realization that like, oh, I just lost it. I was saying a very convoluted fucking thing. But I, I get what you're getting at, right? But it's, it's like the show makes me hate her. Yeah. Despite the, the fact that she's not a hateable character. Which yes. is doubly frustrating, right? <laughs> like, I right. would be frustrated if she was just relic or, uh, stuck to mm-hmm. bad lines. But they're not bad lines. No. But and it's, then not, you it's not the, the guy way that you replaces... hate a character in the way that like when you're watching one of your favorite dramas and you're like oh this fucking guy you know like always causing problems or like oh we spend so much time on this character's you know like storyline it's boring i'm tired of it we don't have that problem with rage if anything we have the opposite problem if anything we have the problem of like i still don't understand this character's whole deal i can't be sick of it because i still like i don't feel like i grasp her function and and i i know we keep i keep drawing it back to the same thing but like the brita thing the reason that they start doing that with brita on community was like it's it was very you know clear dan dan Harmon has said like the women in the writer's room didn't like brita they didn't enjoy her character they didn't find her relatable or anything like that so he did what he called like the charlie brown principle if we start shitting on her, you feel bad for her. And then you relate to her and you can imprint on, you know, like all these things. And it feels like a misappropriation of the same principle for Rachel because Rachel still doesn't have enough definition for me to like latch on to her. Yeah. She, She still doesn't have it. You know, yeah. I know we we're kind of just keep saying the same thing, but it, <laughs> but like, but it's yeah. still true. One hundred percent. Yeah, it we're hasn't changed since we started talking. We're not about repeating it. the same thing. We're just finding ways to better describe what we were intending uh-huh. the first time we said it. Yes. Um, yeah, it's it's frustrating, and I the God, yep. Let's we'll keep going. Fine. The yeah. the other thing is I don't really have this problem with any others, any other no. characters. I think they've they've it's not figured out data. That I see, and I'm like, uh, like they figure it out for most other people pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. They figured out with Dana, and Dana is by far like the character who has the least amount of comedic moments. Right? She is not yeah. as fundamentally funny as any other significant character on this show, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's not necessarily a bad thing right. to have a quote-unquote straight man, even though this is a queer woman. <laughs> you know, it's a it's not necessarily bad to have a grounding character, which sure. in another show that would be Poppy, but Poppy is a broad enough character, a character who will get up on stage and fart, you know? <laughs> like, you know, like, <laughs> Poppy is not our rooting character. So... She doesn't fill that function. It's fine for Dana to fill that function. I actually think that's not a bad use of that character. It's not but a bad compromise then, in any way. No, and I and I hope you know they can keep continue to improve on this character, the character of Dana, to continue to like explore more and enhance <laughs> her and keep her interesting. Because again, if she's on a sitcom and she's not funny, we do got to do something. We we we, <laughs> we do got we do got to do something. Yeah. Um, 
and but they found story engines for her that they haven't found with Rachel. Right. Um, yeah, and it's just it just it's this potential energy, you know. And I and like God, we really I do have a problem with this. Ashley Birch is such a good fucking writer too. Yeah. So does. like I don't imagine that she shows up on set, sees what's written for her character, and goes, "Ew," and does it. Which makes me, like, think that there's a reason behind it. Ashley Birch is, I think, a writer on the a show. A writer she on wrote, the show. She wrote yeah. an episode uh, yeah. uh, previous to this. She 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 wrote Everlight. <laughs> That's the episode she wrote. Um, and so I feel like, you know, if that is... So maybe, maybe this is what they want to do. Maybe this is what she wants to do with this character. Maybe. And, like... Unlike Aloy or Tiny Tina. Oh, Tiny Tina's annoying, though. I guess, I guess Aloy is pretty grounded, and Tiny Tina is annoying, but, like, in a comedic way on purpose. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she's so a, is she mixing the two? <laughs> because that's Borderlands' brand of humor is annoying. Um, yeah. As much as I do like Borderlands 2, which heavily it's, features yeah. uh, Tiny Tina. I'm that's playing it. Tiny Tina's Wonderlands right now. I heard it's and good. It's, it's pee-pee-poo-poo humor. Uh-huh. But it works because it's all Ashley Birch, and I think it's mostly her writing. Yeah, she was like one of great. the lead writers on the on that game as well. Like she's she's all fucking over yeah. it. Um, she's a good writer. She's a good performer. So I guess maybe this is just what they want to do with Rachel. I don't know. I really yeah. don't. Um, maybe the maybe the crime isn't then in the representation, but. Oops, I said that backwards. Maybe the crime isn't in the character itself, but their lack of showing that it's on purpose. Yeah, it doesn't. It's like if she was annoying on purpose, and that was a, a part of her character. Again, I think I would get it. I would go, oh, she's the annoying one. But like, yeah. she's wicked, not that annoying. Everyone's just no. like, Ugh. everything <laughs> she says is justified, right? And like. Yeah. Even She's in the, not this an episode, annoying person. <laughs> yeah, this episode comes close to like, okay, what you could do with the social justice warrior character on this show, where she like takes the mobile game and she overblows it to be about the factory farming and, and industry. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something you could do with a character like this. And yeah. and okay, that's a direction you could go. But then they don't really go in that direction. Right. It's just kind of like, here's a little thing that happened, and it. And the, you know, I talked about it a little bit in our season one episodes. The testers have always felt like they're on a different show. Yeah. Fundamentally, right? Because they, they were so separate. The sense of humor of their plot line felt different from the sense of humor of the other plot lines. It, they're not as broad of characters as everyone else. Because, like, God, you know, CW and Sue and Carrie, you know, these are, they're, they're most of these characters. David, Jesus Christ, David is playing for the fucking rafters most of the time. David is playing for yeah. the cheap seats <laughs> at, yeah. The, yeah. At, the, at the theater, right? So they always felt separate. Integrating Dana plot-wise makes a lot of sense, even if you don't integrate her comedy in the same way. Sure. Uh, and, and... They just need to find a way to make Rachel feel like a part of the show Mythic Quest. They get close a couple times later this season, but she's usually just driving main characters around. <laughs> Oof. That's what they find, is yeah. what if she drives Ian? What if she drives CW? It's just, it's not, it's not all the way there. Yeah, oh. it's not, it's not gratifying, but 
maybe they have plans. Maybe it should yeah. make a, a big be a bigger part going forward. I mean, honestly, taking into account the things that happened at the end of this season, which, of course, dear listener, we will get to. Of course. There are things that have to shake up going forward. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it would make some sense for some more character development or less character development and more um, putting them in a position where what they say has to be taken more seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, again, back to workplace comedies, giving you the ability to change dynamics in a way that don't always rely on making of a specific course. character moment. So, you know, maybe... If you take nothing from this episode <laughs> of our show, uh, understand that if you want to illustrate somebody in a way, I, we get it, but make it clear that you're doing it for that reason or a reason. Because right now we're just like, eh. Yes. What was the French Dispatch? When Bill Murray says, just try to make it seem like you wrote it that way on purpose. Dude, one of the best lines. <laughs> One of the best fucking lines of that movie. <laughs> really good. Great movie. You and I both agree. Like an excellent, yes. excellent film. That and that line has stuck with me in a big way. Like yeah. intentionality. Yeah. Try to make it seem like you wrote it that way this on is... purpose. You can shoot your movie in a weird way, but try to make it seem like you did it on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely and perfect that's... summation of this situation. Actually. And that's it. God, thank you, Wes Anderson. For, for giving me the language I didn't know I needed. Thank you. Also, yeah, again. thank you, your brain, for being like, yo, you know what? You've been yeah. talking about this. Here's the thing you've been trying to say. Yeah, Here's the genius. thing. Right, and like, okay, if this is what you're trying to do with Rachel, it doesn't feel intentional, right? Yep. It doesn't feel yep. purposeful in, in that way. If that is your endgame for this character, it needs to feel less like you forgot to do something with this character. Yeah, yeah. There we go. We did. And it only took us like year. 20 minutes. <laughs> it only took us uh, a while. It's okay. The, it's the okay. The entire discussion of this episode. Because like, you know, the Poppy giving a speech line, you know, it's it's whatever. You know, it's like, okay, Poppy learns to manipulate a little bit. That's interesting. Uh, yeah. But I'm glad we finally had this this longer tester discussion because I think it's something that it always needles me about this show a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Hell yeah. Anything else to say? Huzzah! Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't okay. think so. I think we. I think we. I think we that's got a good it. place to button it up. The the episodes of Mythic Quest that don't have these super lofty aims end up being a little not disposable is not the right word, but it's a little like they're a little light. You know, your your gold. But yeah, you're like, oh, there's not a lot of discussion here. It kind of feels like remember season one of Community when we were covering that, and there's a lot of times we were like, well, that episode was pretty funny. Uh, you got anything else? <laughs> but what happened? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, okay, there's some funny jokes, uh, but there's no... And then even, like, even season four of Community was a good, fruitful time of discussion on the podcast that we that yeah. we had. Um, yeah. And, and sometimes, when Mythic Quest is kind of like, you know, just doing a regular episode, you're like, oh, that was cute. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of yeah. funny. Next... And these next ones uh, are not quite as, like, deep as this season will go. But they, they start, you know, we start getting more for Brad and, like, deepening that character, which is very exciting. We start getting we start getting some more, like, meat to, to chew on in the coming weeks. I'm very excited to talk about. Um, yeah. The, 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 especially the middle of this season, which is just, just tremendous. Um, yeah, middle of this season fucking rules gonna be good uh that sounds like you know no one ever said these episodes had to be three hours long uh sounds like we're coming to a sort of natural conclusion any plugs from you yeah. the daddy host yeah. 
Um, it finally happened. The longest gestated um, interview planning session I've ever had. Uh, I started the conversation in February. <laughs> we made it happen in April. <laughs> I finally had John Everest, the composer of um, Battletech and Shadowrun Hong Kong and Shadowrun Returns and Disintegration and other things. Uh, I was finally on the show on Friday. It was great. Um, that episode will be up uh, if you're listening to this on Friday. This That episode will have been up this week. Go listen to it. Um, nerdy underscore bits will have it nerdybits.com or just look up bounty board um, on any podcast service you will find it uh, bounty board. what I said bounty board but I said it in the way like the guy in once upon a time in Hollywood says bounty law yeah so <laughs> what I always think of when I see your when I see bounty board I'm like yeah. bounty law hey that's actually all right I don't yeah, like that bad. I love that it's movie a, I know you I were not that... a you were not a fan but I love that movie I need to rewatch it because it's really, I've, it's I've, said it, I've said I've said to enough people that I hated it who looked at me like I was crazy yeah. that now it's time to rewatch it. And maybe I was just wasn't in the right place when I watched. Honestly, it. I never say this. That movie should have been longer. It needs to be like even more hangouty. It needs to be like okay. even even more just kind of like slice of life um, up until okay. the end, which is of course very climactic. But that's a movie that's like that's vibes. You just chill. You just hang out with your friends, Rick Dalton and Cliff Booth. You're just you're just hanging out, man. You're just watching Sharon Tate go around. You know, you're just yeah. hanging out. You're just having a good time. It's good vibes. All right, I'll rewatch it. I'll rewatch it. I'll re-watch you're watching it. a guy beat up Bruce Lee, <laughs> which no one lost their minds about. Everyone was very chill about that scene from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but that's it for me. Um, that happened. It was dope, and I got some more interviews coming up. But I'll tell you more about those when I have them more concrete. Uh, yes. Achoo. Uh, great. So I got, uh, you know, I'm still working on my long gestating film and video projects. Uh, they take a long time (laughs) from, from conception to final execution. So we're still waiting on those, but, uh, unfortunately I have a new podcast. (laughs) Oh no, Uh, you said unfortunately. Unfortunately, (laughs) crazy ex pod friends, uh, where, uh, my pal, frequent guest of this particular show, Cat Scott and I are uh, doing a new monthly pod uh, where we're going to do Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, two episodes at a time. Uh, That's another great piece of television, and I'm very excited to talk about it on a monthly basis with my friend. You can get episodes of that one week early on my Patreon, patreon.com slash TV's Kevin. And so that is launching. That will have launched by the time this episode comes out. The first episode of that is dropping on April 15th. Uh, and you can find that where you're listening to this. Wherever you're hearing this, you can find that. Crazy X Pod Friends. We are not X Friends. We just used to have a podcast. We still do, but we used to too. Uh, <laughs> that's the tagline. That's we the still tagline. do, but we used but to we used too. To too. Uh, great. So that's that's it for me. Uh, that's where you can find if you if you simply don't get enough of me on a weekly basis. If you didn't enjoy the bonus 420 podcast on this speed. If you didn't enjoy the bonus Sonic 2 uh, incoming podcast on this very podcast feed, don't worry. There's even more ways to listen to me jibber chapper. <laughs> if you're not fucking sick of me, uh, there's even more places to listen to that. Uh, we will be back next week as Mythic Quest dives deeper into the psychology of Brad Bakshi. And um, this gets interesting. I 
like some of the directions they go with this. Um, Because this season fucking humanizes Brad, which I didn't think was possible. (laughs) I didn't didn't think this show would go in that direction, but it do. And we get some more good stuff from David coming up in this next one as well. Yeah. Exciting times. And if you're, if you're going with this through this show for the first time with us, don't worry. CW will be on the show again, not on a laptop. I just want to like assure everyone (laughs) that like you will see him in the flesh later this season. Um, Yeah. Don't worry about it. And uh, until next week, I hope you enjoy your dinner party. What a great DP action. This has been a Talk Back Podcast. That was quite a show. Very entertaining. Please tell your friends about this show. Boopy doopy doop boop sex. Larry, I'm on DuckTales. Dinner party.